In the Gospel today, it says a great light has come into the world. Name the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. This light is Jesus Christ, and it's twofold. It's a light that enlightens the intellect with knowledge. At the same time, it is the taboric light that enlightens a man and makes him part of the theandric life of God. And that's what we're really celebrating. The interior energies, divine energies of God in Theophany. So when it took place and the Trinity was revealed, which we'd never know anything about without the revelation, the second great thing was the gift of light and life, eternal life and divinity. Yeshav, second epistle, James, second one, you shall partakers of divine life. First chapter, second verse. This is missed by most of the Christian world. Why should live a life is such a habit that we are worthy of this gift. So we must live an ascetical life, not a permissive life, not a life that makes us have a party, but one that makes us holy so that our heart rejoices, our heart leaps in, in us, we are filled with the divine energies. Today, at this liturgy, on this Sunday after Theophany, it's remarkable that we go to the holy table and the body, blood, soul, divinity, glorified Lord, is present when the soul spirit descends upon the holy table with the Father and the Son. They're never separate. Why did he do that? Why did he give us such a gift? That we might increase. And as John tells us, he must increase and we must decrease. And as we decrease with our passions and all those things and those false notions we have about ourselves and our illusions, we have to face the bold reality of death. And our only way to triumph over death is by the gift of the divine energies of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, which come from the Father through the Son, the primal sacrament, and imparted by the Holy Spirit. And that's what life's about. That's the mystical life of the Christian. We must spend much time in our pondering the truths of our faith and our spiritual reading to imbibe in ourselves the understanding of what we are. It's a beautiful thing. It's our only hope. Christ and the energies are our only hope. Otherwise, we are nothing but dust on the earth. But with that, we're kings and princes, and we're going to live forever. What's beautiful about us is that we should recognize that in each other. Those who are gifted amongst us 
can actually see the light in the other person. And of course, in the early church, they would go out to the Desert Fathers, and they, why were they doing out there? Why would they want to live this life? Because those early fathers were teaching them about divinization. And they knew with their passions, they could not cope with society in its rudeness, in its corruption, in its zeal for battles, in its zeal for blood, its zeal for sexual activity, all these things. And, you know, even Augustine, he's not one of my favorite persons, but he tells young people, the only reason you have relations is for a child, not the wonderful indoor sport. We're destroying ourselves by not living a disciplined life. God gave us a body to worship him, but he's got to make us priestly by the gifts of the Holy Spirit so we become that priestly people and we correspond. And when you pray, you should feel the energies in you. You can feel them glowing. You become a mystic. And what do you think about Jesus Christ? I like to read the gospel and all his works and what he taught us. But I really like the apocalyptic Christ. And I painted him in our back of our church as a at his judgment, where we see the sheep being separated from the goats, we see the fancy people that had all the gifts of the world falling into the great jaws of the beast. We see the other humble people, always slav, I put slavs in there. And they're, <laughs> it's, you know how it is. The Slovaks are probably the chosen people, let's face it. And, Bush, and, you know, you see them in their humility and their piety. So, uh, so the, our iconographer that we have that writes icons for us, he goes down to Carpataros all the time. He loves to be around the pieces. They're so humble. He says they go into the church and they stand and cry. And they raise their hands to God. They have nothing. Everybody wants to swallow them up. But they have the true faith. And they have their belief in God and the experience of deification. So when I gave the priest retreat, Brother Father John had known him for years. I got done with the retreat. I didn't want to get this reaction. He says, I'm 80 years old. I'm leaving. He says, I'm going back to Kapataros to live among our people in a village. They have not much. Actually, I have much more than they ever have, but it's not much. And everybody wants to destroy them. The Russians want them. Ukrainians want to destroy them. The Slovaks are good to them. They're safe in the Slovak Republic because they realize they are the indigenous people and the indigenous Christians. The Western Church was a foreign church that came in. It's in the cities, but not in the mountains. Interesting. What are they like? Suffering. They're better than they ever were, but it's not a, wait, it's not a, Ukraine is a mixed up country in there over there. And they don't, and they voted to be, have their own like county, you know, Kapatarus. And of course, Ukraine said no. 
You have to become Ukrainians. No, you have to become deified. You have to have that simple faith and that love of the liturgy and understand scripture as it's taught to us by the fathers. And then you have a chance for salvation. If you suffer a lot in life, you know, your only hope is to die and go to heaven. Because people suffer a lot. But if you go amongst them, you're going to love them. So they stand in church and they cry and they hope for better days and they love to suffer for God. When I used to take care of our own people, the Slavs, when I used to do a lot of work with ladies and counseling and things like that, I never told them things to make them happy. I used to say to them, you're suffering. I says, God loves you. Oh, they loved me. From the Iconostas to the front door, I always got 50 to 100 bucks. Father, when you come to us, it's like Jesus Christ himself was here. Because I talked to their soul. And they did suffer in everything they've suffered. And once away they get away from that union with Christ's sufferings, they leave the church. So if you love Jesus Christ, think of him now in a book of, of Apocalypse. The vision of him in the heavenly liturgy. He is robed in white and gold. From his eyes comes forth fire. His hair is perfectly white. He sits with the father with his hands open. And the father sees the, mar the marks of his crucifixion. And who is standing there with him? His mother, robed in beauty and white and gold, flowing from her the prayers which she gives before her son. It's a beautiful vision of the heavenly liturgy. When you come to the holy table, it's that Christ, the one in the heavenly liturgy, body, blood, soul, divinity, and his body is glorified in heaven. It's putting forth all this beauty for your salvation. And he comes down into the chalice and the Holy Spirit hovers and the mother intercedes. That's the beautiful mystical vision of the Holy Liturgy. So today, ask God for humility. Ask God for humility in your prayer. Ask God that your suffering is not for nothing, but in union with the glorified Christ, and that you too will be glorified in the heavenly kingdom. It's a great gift to ask for, but it's the only gift to ask for. If we see our brother struggling to live, so let us struggle at least that hard for heaven. We should take care of our body. We should struggle for life. We should be beautiful to each other. But above all, we should spend hours before God in contemplation 
of the Holy Liturgy of Heaven, which is amongst us on the Holy Altar. And sometimes just sit, get your prayer book and read those prayers so you can understand what's going on, especially the epiclesis. And you know, I really feel bad when I can't give my whole attention to what's going on in the liturgy. Sometimes it's hard because you're distracted or something. But try not to be distracted. Try to keep these thoughts in your mind when you're at the Holy Liturgy, that you are before the throne of God, the Holy Table, anointed by the priests, and there's his Holy Throne, and he comes in his presence, truly incarnate, truly glorified, truly bearing the marks of his suffering, truly pouring out from that sacramental body of his grace, which is the divine energy, which you participate in. And Seraphim Asarov tells us, why are we on the earth? He says, to, to gain the gifts of the Holy Spirit. That's why we're on earth. And he was seen in a vision with his friend, I think his name was Moloft or something like that, and it was snowing and raining, and there was a great light around them, and they were lamenting that they were not closer to God, but the Holy Spirit was upon them. So get out the book about Seraphim and read that, and realize when you are alone, somebody is with you. I love Corinthians where it says, when you cannot pray, the Holy Spirit is praying in you. All you have to do is join him in that prayer. When you lack faith, make an act of faith by putting your hope in God. Try to go through God with your humility and you will grow in love. Faith is a gift of the Holy Spirit to the humility of the heart the heart which grows in the presence of God. So, my dear brothers and sisters, you little mystics, you're all born from mysticism. You're baptized and chrismated. You're given the royal gifts. So don't be distracted from that. That's your real life. Everything else is secondary. So pray and fast and tell God, God, I really don't love you like I should. Tell God, I hope in you. Tell the Holy Spirit, I'm anointed in you. And this is my only hope of existence for all eternity. In this romance of love with the Holy Trinity. Name the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.